Crystal Deal With It focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Chris will deal with it. Episode 14, If a Triangle Were a Lens. I'm a junior product designer for a consumer products company. This is my first job at a college and I've been happy here for over two years. But now we've got a new manager who's pressuring us to rush our work out the door. I take pride in my work, but this pressure is stressing me out to the point where I want to quit. What advice do you have on handling this situation? My favorite framework for creating and delivering products and services is a triangle. And the three points of that triangle are fast, cheap, and good. For lots of things in life, especially product design, you normally get to control two, allowing the third to run amok. So if you have something that's fast and cheap, you crank out cheap, low-quality products as fast as possible. If you're designing products you'll find in an Oriental trading catalog, this trade-off makes a lot of sense. Also, many of the quick, busy-work projects you might hire on a website like Fiverr or Mechanical Turk could fall into this pairing. You can make a pairing of fast and good. You're laying out the cash to ensure high-quality engineers, designers, and manufacturers who are focused on your project. You're making heavy investments in the equipment and systems to ensure the highest quality and repeatable, reliable performance despite the speed. For products, think about your modern cell phones, your iPhone, or your Android. For services, think emergency room medical staff, or in the case of many homeowners, that 24-hour plumbing service that charges you $400 to unclog a toilet. You could also have a pairing of cheap and good. These products and services are often slow burns. The focus is on the craftsmanship, the passion of those working on it. There doesn't tend to be a huge ROI in terms of product per hour invested in it. So a well-crafted novel, like those you can get at chriscroyder.com, you know, those take five to 700 hours, and in some cases, way, you know, a year or two of somebody's life, and it may take you eight to 10 hours to read. But again, if you do that math by the hour, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So our asker is a junior designer. This means they're a cheaper option than more senior designers, managers in their company. So if your bosses are putting pressure directly on you instead of the entire team, this may make one of the points in the triangle obvious. The rush to get out the door would be another. So the question then becomes, what kind of product are you designing? Putting your production or your services into the proper context can be hard to accept early on in your career. So when I started out, I was responsible for elements of production on subway trains. These are expensive, high-quality components with strict industry requirements and safety considerations. Learning to work within the constraints of production meetings, demanding schedules, deeply detailed work instructions, customer inspectors, it all felt daunting and that so many resources I thought were being wasted, but as I better understood the nuances and complexities of the design phase, supply chains, those customer expectations, all those extra layers made a lot more sense. If instead I worked at a factory that was making squeezable stress ball trains, all those layers would be absolutely ridiculous and we have to charge so much that nobody would ever buy enough of them to make it all worth it. So again, it really depends on your product. Depending on that product, you may have serious reservations about making trade-offs in your design process. But you have to realize you're likely to never have a perfect situation or environment to do your best work. 
The triangle trade-off often exists, and knowing this is vital to working within your constraints instead of against them. So what does done look like on your current project? Are you just putting makeup on a pig? Over-designing something just no, not really going to impress people. Or are you polishing a cannonball? It's 90% of the way there, and that's good enough, and you're just doing tons and tons of work trying to make it perfect. Or are you producing something that could harm someone if it fails? If you have such a serious case, it is important to try and present your concerns in terms that are relevant not to your position, but your manager's position. So risk assessment, pointing out customer specifications or requirements, adhering to industry standards. Uh, some examples of these would be ISO, uh, IEEE, UL certifications. But what you really want to do is avoid putting yourself in a position to fail or becoming a scapegoat. You know, if your hurried project fails to sell or has a flaw, would it be easy for your manager to point their finger down the hall to you, uh, putting your job and reputation on the line instead of theirs? If so, one solution could be just documenting, asking questions, getting sign-offs on the trade-offs that you have to make to hit their deadlines. And you can do this pretty innocently using your junior level status to your advantage, right? Simple emails under the guise of trying to understand, for example. But never compromise yourself. doesn't matter how junior you are. If you're asked to cross the line, refuse. No product or service is worth going against your principles or the law. And really, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? They fire you? At that point, the manager's going to have to provide justification to their bosses, if they have any. Uh, you may or may not get to say your piece. Then you're seeking a new job. And there are plenty of jobs out there. I mean, this is easier when you're only two years out of school. And gaining experience across multiple types of organizations is a great strategy this early in your career. And you're also then going to be exposed to different company cultures, especially to the philosophies, policies, and procedures that are related to their design and production processes. You're going to have many more jobs and gigs in your career, right? So go into each with your integrity intact and mind open to learn. But remember, in this case and all others in design, you're not the product. It's the company's product. Don't conflate your ego or sense of self-worth with the decisions of a company. Now, this isn't always the case. You do want to be aware when a product you're designing or a service you're providing will directly affect your reputation. In these cases, which trade-offs matter the most to your customer? Is your customer expecting a fast delivery? Are they expecting high quality and reliability? Or are they expecting you to stick to a very strict budget? Being open with them about these trade-offs or even the framework that you're using can make a huge impact on ensuring a successful delivery to their expectations. And this same approach could help our asker if they treat their manager as their customer. You also want to consider that there may be scenarios at play that you're not aware of. One, the company might be facing financial pressures. Maybe they need products to sell quickly to generate profits, however small or short term. That might be to reassure investors, satisfy an open contract nearing a deadline that has late delivery penalties. Or scenario two, there may be pressure to be first to market. So the strategy could be to get a first generation product out in the world despite its flaws, then iterate a second edition or provide a software update to address market feedback. Third scenario is your manager can be motivated by personal benefits such as bonuses or commissions. They could be getting rewarded for financial savings targets or quantities of work produced by their department and not based off quality. A fourth scenario is that your manager could recognize that you're polishing proverbial cannonballs and forcing you to confront the trade-offs necessary to fit the type of products that you're designing. And managers aren't always willing or able to tell you the complete reasoning behind their decisions. 
That isn't to say you can't ask them. They're likely to be intrigued that you even care enough to ask. It shows you care and that you want to learn. And recognize that management motivations are rarely sinister. They may be in the best interest of the company and product. Or they too might have flaws in their understanding. Perhaps they have blind spots on the design side. They could be an MBA or a business expert that lacks the domain knowledge of electrical engineering, for example. And pointing out the trade-offs that you're being forced to make in terms they understand can really change the situation and their perspective. But realize that even they might not have the permission or complete visibility to share with you the nuances driving the decision. So I'd like to close today's episode with a nice tidbit from Notes on a Nervous Planet, a book by Matt Haig. Try to work, where possible, in a way that makes the world a little better. The world shapes us. Making the world better makes us better. If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriscroyder.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources for today's episode, sign up for the CDWI mailing list, or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-U-T-E-R.com, or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Crystal Dealer.